You're either a handsome devil, an ugly angel, or a meh dude named Ron. Hi, I'm Nato Kitch, and tonight on the Game Eric's Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we're looking at a movie that coincidentally came out the same year as the Heartstopper graphic novel started. Not that we're saying that either of these projects are we're aware of each other, and uh, to help me get out of this awkward explanation, I have two friends with their favorite creative concept coincidences. First up, she's a fan of both the California Raisins and the less-remembered New Hampshire Prunes. It's Amelia. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Amelia, and uh, here's a fun little factoid for you today that nobody ever believes me about, uh, but you could go check it out yourself. Um, did you all know that uh, Keanu, the movie uh, by Ke- well, it wasn't written by Kim Peele, but the Kim Peele movie um, about them going to rescue their cat um, was in fact not written as a satire of John Wick. Uh, the movie was already in production, I believe, when um, they found out that John Wick was gonna get made. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm still surprised there wasn't a porn parody called John Dick. <laughs> always make that happen, Nato. <laughs> Next up, they liked Avatar better when it was called The Brave Little Toaster. It's Roe. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. My name is Roe, and we're talking today about our top five coincidences. Number five. The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket, a novel by Edgar Allan Poe that details a ship sinking out in the middle of the ocean and four crewmates who are forced to cannibalize a young deckhand named Richard Parker. Now, Poe swears that this is based on a true event, but that's not necessarily true until about 46 years later when an actual real-world ship an actual real-world ship sank, leaving four crewmates who were forced to cannibalize a young deckhand named Richard Parker. Coincidence? <laughs> not. <laughs> These are the sort of hard-hitting jokes that you expect from a comedy podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes when you're surrounded on a ship, just get those hungries that only human flesh can satisfy. Now, I know what you're going to say. A movie about finding yourself in high school? Is that the only story that gays can write? Yes, yes it is. But let's Actually, see, though, yeah. <laughs> let's see what this custard tastes like before we glop it on down. Handsome Devil follows Ned and Connor, two extremely Irish lads at a school for boys, where they end up being paused for quote after you say roommates. Um, the two came from different worlds. Uh, one has the mind of poet, the other has the skills to pay the rugby bills. Why is it always rugby? Uh, but somehow they <laughs> find maybe they have more in common than they think. When societal pressures rear their ugly head, uh, to the fox and hound them, uh, will these two find Reba McIntyre and form a country band? This is a real spinoff. Or end up hunting each other down for sport? I'm sorry, Night- what? Uh, <laughs> there's a fox and hound. What? There's a fox and hound spinoff where they run off to go join Reba McIntyre and form a country pop band. Um, that's, that- <laughs> that's crazy. 
Were you really just gonna like gloss over that? And How can, yeah, that was that was such a throw-in joke. How are you just gonna drop that on us? <laughs> just like, move on, Nato. Like this. Neither of those happen, kind of. But if you want a fun and heartfelt teen drama, go check out Heart Stop. I mean, Handsome Devil, because it's spoilers from here on out. So you gotta decide whether this is your jumping-off spot, or if you want to rugby onto the Ireland spoiler boat. Toot toot. So, no, I want to talk about Fox and the Hound. <laughs> That's a different episode. Uh, so, did Handsome Devil end up charming you two? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's cute. I, I had a joyful time watching this movie. Except for any time the coach was on the screen. Oh, yeah. I want... I spent most of my time watching this movie wondering if, like, Weasel or the coach were ever going to get hate-crimed, and, like, how, like, oddly okay I would be if they just got hate-crimed. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of my notes that are just, like, I wish this was a horror movie so I could see Michael Myers' Halloween <laughs> the coach. <laughs> what is this, Hellbird? <laughs> Um. I hope he chokes on his apple. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing the coach and Weasel are your least favorite. Tell me about your most favorite characters. Um, Aside from the fact that he's objectively a terrible teacher, I like the fact that Moriarty is in this movie, and I think he did a good job. I agree. Um, I was not a a fan of his uh, public humiliation methods. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um it's, it's but, effective yeah i mean i i like i, I like get, the character it gets overall. the point across and i mean you're at a boarding school like the next time they're gonna talk to their parents is like seven months from now like it <laughs> who's felt gonna like, complain that makes it, it felt okay like in i places, guess like he was going for like robin williams and it's just like I like I, the guy. Yeah. I remember from Pride. Yeah, he, and he, seemed, was also... he seemed like cynical drunk Robin Williams. It really, like that moment where he's like, right as the bell rings and he's like, no, uh, use your own voice or whatever. Because if you're, you know, his little speech, I was like, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I love, I love that actor in Fleabag. Um, we saw him in Pride. Uh, really great actor. I, think that like there's just like kind of a lopsided energy though that i find fascinating um let's talk about ned and their character arc um because i I think out of everyone i speak for all of us when i ask is ned a bottom or just a lonely straight boy who bought hair dye at hot topic definitely a bottom definitely a bottom (laughs) (laughs) so seriously though ned has like archie from archie comics level orange hair it's almost impressive that is that is actually what me and jonathan were referring to him as when we watched this movie because i couldn't remember his name until the end and i was like we're just gonna call him archie (laughs) (laughs) i mean loki loki same I mean, that's not even his real hair color, so, like, it is, like, an Archie or a Riverdale situation where they were just like, huh, I wonder, like, what realistic red hair looks like. Ah, we'll just go with this. (laughs) I will say, though, 
like Archie from Archie level orange hair is objectively a very attractive hair color. I really like and how not they everyone all... can pull it off. I like how like there's just this one patch in the front that they consciously made like an even lighter patch of red. It was a distinct look to be sure. I also speaking of distinct looks, I think I took a note of this. He has a pin on his jacket. That's this uh, two Scrabble tiles that spell out no, and I need this pin in my life. Um, it's actually upside down and says on. <laughs> <laughs> I want the guitar that says this guitar kills fascists. Oh, the Woody Gr- Guthrie guitar. It, this, um, I think Connor's a character. I feel like everything we know about them is exposition from other characters. Like, we know he's into rugby because soon after we meet him, he's being uh, begged to join the rugby team. Um, We learn he fought people in the other school because of his sexuality. And and we know that because he ended up getting blackmailed uh, for that. Um, So it's a very interesting character because it's kind of like... It's kind of a new take on sort of, like, what you expect from, like, the quote-unquote, like, jock love interest, that perfect, you know, most handsome guy in school kind of love interest from romantic comedies. Like, Mm -hmm. he's no Nick Nelson, for sure. But he's a Jughead Jones. Yeah, this is is a very (laughs) different breed of jock boy. This is a more, like, angsty, struggly jock boy. Whereas Nick Nelson, like, as soon as he figured out, he was, he was down. Yeah. This is, like, this is, like, a, a gay version of, like, Russell Crowe from, like, South Park, like, fighting around the world. Um, where he's just, like, fighting every boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like that one of the first rugby scenes that we get with him is just him punching Weasel's lights out. And he actually, like, you get the sense that, like, and I really appreciate this, like, that he's actively utilizing rugby to, like, kind of funnel his emotions, or at least, like, keep his emotions in track which is very unhealthy um but also something that's really like kind of smart for the eventual character i mean he was pretty damn good at rugby though whatever he was trying to funnel into his rugby it it was working (laughs) (laughs) what'd you think of connor amelia (laughs) I liked him. Um, I thought he was a very sympathetic character, right? Because he's overall, like, a pretty nice guy. Like, you know, like you said, he punches the shit out of Weasel when they're playing rugby. And you will not be able to convince me that that was not directly related to how he acted about uh, Ned's poster. Um and oh, you know, for sure. As a closeted like, gay in that situation, would you yeah, not? Exactly. And, like, you know, just... Uh, 
like I, I feel like his character was very realistic, right? Because like it, it's not like he was being a dick on purpose to Ned. Um, in that like party scene, you know, he was being blackmailed and like bullied. Um and he still punched the shit out of Weasel. I, I, I am a fan of people that punch people like Weasel. I wish the only downfall of his character, the only downside, the thing I really don't like, is that he didn't also punch the rugby coach. Somebody should have punched that rugby coach. Mr. I will say, that's, that's like the one similarity between... Uh, Connor and Nick Nelson from Hardstopper. There's is, a lot of They are not afraid to like go <laughs> down toe to toe with the homophobe. Yeah. Like homophobes get punches and that's an attitude that I can get behind. Yeah, it, it's right up there with like, you know, uh, beating the shit out of Nazis. I'm not one for violence. In those two cases I am. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bland and predictable people, um, I do think that to some extent, let me let me rephrase this. Um, while watching this movie, I got the sense, kind of, from some of your notes, you knew where this was going, like you, you knew the plot, like. 10 minutes into it and when I, where I was going to Who do you go. mean by you? Like you, you in general, both of you. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> like, like the, <laughs> the plot was, the plot what, to me was pretty predictable and it seemed like to some extent you both knew, kind of knew where it would head at least for the majority of it. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go, you go ahead. I mean, yeah, for the most part, um, I definitely was surprised by the fact that Ned and Connor didn't end up like being love interests, um, because I definitely thought that's where it was heading, um, and I think it it is kind of implied that they both have crushes on each other, right? But like, yeah, I actually thought that was refreshing. But yeah, like for the most part, I think you could see where this movie was going. I wasn't like surprised by most of the things that happened. I was surprised that doc that Mr. Sherry, the teacher, I think is Mr. Sherry, right? Mm-hmm. I was surprised that he didn't end up getting fired. Like the headmaster's um, reaction to Pascal, like trying to out him, was very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that Pascal is trying to do the whole out outrageous indignation thing. And he never once in the movie said the word gay. <laughs> he <laughs> always ting. just, like, danced around it, you know. The ting! The, the ting! ting. <laughs> <laughs> the ting! You know, you, the, the, your personal issues. God. I was yeah, raised queer, in the crib. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start referring to my queerness as my personal issues. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Can I call in sick like that? Uh, I'm dealing with some personal issues today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm too gay to work. Were there any things that you kind of expected to happen that didn't? Um. I think Amelia, like, kind of hit it on the head with the whole romance thing. I think it was really refreshing that they didn't try and go for the kiss, and that they really, like... It's like, 
gay people can be friends without trying to fuck each other. It, like, this movie is, like, the gay anti-Harry Met Sally movie. Real quick, I do want to say I really enjoyed Amelia's, like, oh, fuck this guy. Actually, I like this guy in the notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Sherry, he's, like, you can tell that he's a good teacher, like, in spite of himself. Like, he always seems like he would rather be somewhere else than dealing with a whole bunch of high school boys. But, like, what? since I'm here, I'd much rather give it, like, my 90% <laughs> and, like, actually give a shit about the, the boys. Yeah. And it it was refreshing that they didn't try and, like, threaten his work status aside yeah. from some like really homophobic douchebag who is so caught up in his ego because he's Mr. Rugby. We Sorry, I have feelings about Mr. Rugby. Oh god, me too. I hate him so much. I mean, when you only have two teachers. Um, I hate him so much, I might sorry. actually make a man out of him. And put him in a swimming pool that he cannot get out of and just watch him die. <laughs> Where are the rest of the teachers in this school? That's a good point. Why are there only two teachers at this boys' boarding school? There were ten, Well, there's technically four, but one died. Um, Seems irresponsible. <laughs> How irresponsible, him dying and all. Uh, <laughs> Look, you need to plan your death for your summer break, okay? You do not die on company time. Uh, Daddy Bezos says... <laughs> then we have to pay insurance money and workman's comp. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of this, like, one cliche that we that we see a lot where it's like um oh we can't possibly be friends i like art and you're into sports um because it's just like and maybe i'm spoiled but like my friend group like through elementary to high school was like two jocks uh mel who was like extremely smart and witty this guy who pretended to be smart and witty but like It'd be more interesting if we had, like, personality conflicts than just, like, oh, you're a jock and I'm an art student. We can't possibly be friends. Or can we, Uwu? I did that right. Right. I feel like it's not very representative of my experience. Like, having grown, gone to high school in such a small town that, like, if we were going to do a show, like... <laughs> half the jocks would have to audition because we needed the guys and half the jocks wanted to audition because the shows were fun. So, like, there was a lot of cross-pollination between friend groups because everybody was doing all sorts of different shit. What about your cross-pollination, Amelia? Uh, I went <laughs> to a high school of about 3,000 people. Ooh, can't um, relate. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there were definitely those clicks. I remember uh, I rejected this ROTC guy one time. Because, uh, like, ROTC and, like, the jocks were kind of, like, you know. Straight a edge. Lot of, yeah. Well, no, not straight edge. I mean, 
<laughs> I went to high school in the suburbs of Houston with a bunch of like wealthy oil engineer kid. Like uh. they all did a lot of drugs and drinking in high school. But like there was a lot more of a divide, I feel like, in my high school. Um, where like the theater kids and the jocks didn't like really hang out too, too much, I don't feel like. Like, I mean, I think there was some cross pollination. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like that much. Um, there was no high school musicaling in your high school. Well, I mean, the, our the musical theater, theater. Kid and the jock weren't falling in love with each other. No, uh, but I do want to say that my school, uh, we had a better fine arts program than uh, any kind of sports programs. Uh, Would you yeah. say everybody stuck to the status quo? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you say that the the look of this boarding school was like close to uh, what you remember population wise? Just kind of out of curiosity. I mean, in terms of number of students, I mean, it seemed kind of small. But like, how you how are you gonna populate a huge ass school? With just small Irish boys. There are only so many small Irish boys. Ireland is a very small country. I certainly remember being the only ginger at my school. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Can't relate. (laughs) Well, not with that attitude. There weren't a lot of of Latinos at my school. (laughs) You know what they say. Oh God! Gonna... You know, you know what they say about those ginger Latinos. <laughs> Where? Uh, Argentina. <laughs> um, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna have a gentle person's agreement. I got all my snarky heart stopper comments out of the way at this point. Just never compare these two again. Um, but this movie does feel like a lot of other movies, both gay and just more traditional coming at coming of age films, mm-hmm. uh, which leads me to kind of like my biggest question that I could think of. Um, does this movie borrow too heavily from other films um, or kind of lean on uh, too hard on overused tropes uh, to really be a film that's going to stick in your memory? I mean, it's certainly not breaking new ground, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that this film has a distinct enough sort of like personality on its own? I, I mean, I think, I think yes and no. Like I think in some aspects, just by virtue of me living in the U S and not really having too much exposure to Irish media, like it, it's unique enough in that sense as far as, like, 
the fact that it's an Irish movie <laughs> um, and that the school is kind of different that I think it would actually like stick out in my mind or I would remember it a little better just because like a certain certain like aspects of it like obviously don't reflect school or life in the U.S. You know what I mean? Like not like it's that different from life here. I'm not saying it's like completely alien, but like it's just different enough that like it might stick out a little bit, you know? I think this is a gay film about a 16-year-old IRA volunteer. Wait, what? <laughs> which is the Irish Republic Army. No, I, I know what the IRA is. <laughs> it's it's called... I just, I, Wait, I just searched... I, I, I searched for Irish gay films, and this one called Borstal Boy comes up. 2000s romantic drama <laughs> and it's just the plot says 16 year old IRA volunteer printed BN is going on a bombing mission from Ireland to Livingston. okay like and you know we're gonna watch this right <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> okay if this is an actual gay film we're gonna watch it just for the name alone um it is a gay film of <laughs> Apparently it is. I'm gonna have to get in. Oh, make we're sure, but definitely <laughs> watching this. Borstal Boy, me, baby. Uh, there is an actual Irish film called Breakfast on Pluto, which is really great. I watched it, and I'm in love with it. Uh, and we're gonna watch it eventually. Uh, but that is one that I've seen that I'm like, I really, really like this film quite a lot. Um, so. I have seen like at least two I, I, Irish uh, gay films, and I feel like I am very cultured for that. Uh, thank you very much. Please clap. I'm just impressed that Ireland has more than two gay films. Uh, Honestly, good for you, Ireland. You really, you really pushing it. It's golf clap for Ireland, everyone. Golf clap. For Ireland. <laughs> golf claps for Ireland. Sounds like I'm jerking you're off. You're out here. You're out um, here doing the most. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many films could Ireland produce in the year? Um, <laughs> I it's think like at least fifty percent have to be gay at this point. Um, back to your earlier point, <laughs> I think that this film has, I think, enough distinct points to like stick out in your mind a little bit. But, like, nothing that it's trying to do is super new or groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, the reason like I originally... everybody kind of everybody kind of wins in the end, even Mr. Rugby. <laughs> I mean, the reason I originally... <laughs> even if his victory seems hollow. So, the, the way I found this film was this is, I think... And still is like one of the few gay movies on Netflix. Like they have like seven or something. Um, oh, like in general. Yeah. Like if we oh, search hey. for gay films, like maybe they used to have more. What that's happened to such them? Such a all? low number. <laughs> and what happened, Netflix? <laughs> and so, so this was like one of the only ones. I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And I was like, oh, this is this is cute. This is fine. 
And then I watched Get Real. I was like, ah, this is the same thing. Um, really. <laughs> um, I do actually have one huge complaint about this movie. And I think for once, we're all going to be in complete unanimous agreement. Um, there were no devils that were handsome in this movie. Yeah, there was a distinct lack of devils in this movie. There sure uh, was. There were handsome angels. Handsome or otherwise. Yeah. There were a couple of handsome humans. Like, Weasel's the only one that was kind of ugly, I guess. But We hate Weasel. Wasn't... wasn't re- <laughs> That would be a devil, so it'd just be an ugly devil. But there certainly weren't handsome devils, you know. Like Archie, Archie for a for a high school alternative like punching bag was, you know, not not a bad looking boy. And Mister Sherry, uh, who plays Moriarty and Sherlock, is like Irish and handsome and whatever, you know. Man, I just want to watch Pride again. Yeah, that was, that was such a good movie. movie. I've been thinking about that movie lately. Yeah, cause he was in Pride. He was he was like the 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 uh, boyfriend that uh, ran the bookstore. That's right. I forgot he was in that movie. Good for you for being for in so many gay movies, Moriarty. You go, Moriarty. <laughs> Go more, Eddie. Go more, I'm sorry, I don't have your name in front of me, so I'm like... <laughs> what is his name? Just gonna call... B.B.C. Sherlock Moriarty. You could just go to the... Andrew Scott. <laughs> Andrew Scott. Good job. It's an easy name to remember, so I don't know why I didn't remember it. Because <laughs> he's Moriarty. We're sorry, Andrew Scott. <laughs> you did a good job in this movie. We're just going to edit this down so that it sounds like we knew your name. Um, or maybe not. It just depends on how sick I get over the next few days. <laughs> and how much longer <laughs> we end up recording. <laughs> <laughs> We've only been going like 20-ish minutes. There's, mm, I mean, it's a very, this is a very simple, very clean, very polished film. There's not a lot to really pick apart. There's some things that I still understand, like, where'd the boat come from? Um, no, you mentioned like, the boat. What? They, they threw the boat into a conversation in the beginning, remember? About his dad, and you know, how they had a boat. That they didn't use anymore. I guess I always forget about that. And when they were on the boat, he felt free. (laughs) Maybe I always get that mixed up with Ned's parents going to Brazil. Um, (laughs) Nader just ADHD, like, dissociated during that five minutes of the movie. (laughs) Amelia and I had this conversation. I've been disassociating a lot lately. So, like, um, this is probably true. (laughs) Um, but yeah like there's other things you could critique like you point out that connor's father like get like buys everyone drinks uh but i think they're all 
I'm not sure about the drinking age in Ireland, so... I think in most yeah. of the UK, it's like 16 or something like that. That was surprising to me. I'm like, that. that is not a relatable experience. Like, in the US, fathers don't just get their teenagers drunk. They accidentally leave out the beer... All of these are options for you parents. Uh, You know, (laughs) we're cutting this out anyway. uh, Because I don't want to deal with that. Keep it all in. Keep it all in. This is all sound legal advice. Parents, get your kids blackout drunk. I feel the need to say, on the topic of illegal or fake IDs, I do feel the need to say, if you're going to get a fake ID, at least make sure that the issue date isn't in the future. Yeah, we're definitely cutting out all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to start is, right. This here. is not sound legal advice. <laughs> I <No>. mean, <laughs> but, but, I mean, but, it's sound practical advice. So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about this movie as compared. I'm glad we're not monetized because that would get us demonetized. <laughs> this is sad and because demonized. this is our last uh, episode actually being sponsored by Jurassic World Dominion Dark Fairy Dr. Pepper because it will no longer be in stores by the time this comes out. Um, rest in peace Dark Fairy. Oh fuck, I gotta go to the store tomorrow. <laughs> now we'll never get an audible sponsorship. Because I said fuck. Uh, so, um, when no, we come back... is telling everybody how to print fake IDs. No, that not how happen. to print them. Just to make sure you're not getting scammed, okay? <laughs> so no, you have to leave it all in, Nato. Nope. Anyway, so let's, let's actually... I want to compare this because... I think all of us watched a bunch of, like, coming-of-age movies and stuff growing up. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think this appropriates a lot of sort of like the trends and tropes that we associate with those movies. So I want to know, like, as far as sort of like identifiers, things that you identified from like other movies, could you give me a few examples of sort of like the tropes or the ideas or the flat out plagiarism? Um, don't quote me on that, um, even though I just. You know what I, I mean. I mean, I think the most <laughs> obvious is like the Dead Poet Society kind of vibe that they're trying to make. Yeah, you know, the inspirational teacher that pushes these kids, as Carmen said and famously in that one episode, what are we going to do with these kids? I've got to reach <laughs> the kids. Um, do you find. Do you think that this would be sort of a good introduction? If someone is looking to start watching queer films. Yeah. This is it's really like middle of the road. And it doesn't like there's bullying and there's like outing however problematic that is but like it's very like straight presentable like if you showed this to your straight friends like they would get it yeah you could show this to your straight parents or your gay parents which i could not say about like hustler white 
or <laughs> don't think he could shoot show hustler or the virgin machine <laughs> have we even watched hustler white didn't we i think we had to move it <laughs> or something i'm sure we did no hustler white is next week isn't it oh yeah we're doing just all the h's Heartstopper, which i mentioned again in life um Handsome Devil. But, yeah, like, it's, Uh, like, some of the films that we watch, like, Wild Tigers I Have Known, or, like, Dorian Blues, these are not entry-level queer films. As much as you love Dorian Blues, (laughs) it's not really entry-level queer film. But this is, like, it's very straight accessible. I would show this to my parents, and they would think it's all right. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think um, I think this was a good entry-level movie. It's kind of middle of the road. It's, you know, nothing too intense. It's heartwarming, like kind of a feel-good, you know, by the end. So, yeah. All right. Um, is there, um, I think the last thing I really want to talk about, and by me I mean you, is that we've seen films with forced outings before, uh, but can you talk a little bit about how the outing in this film kind of occurred and what it kind of meant? What it kind of ended up being? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not a fan. Like, it's not okay to out people. But even among forced outings, this is like a very peculiar set of circumstances. Like we always tell you, and I know especially I said this last week during our Heartstopper episode, that it is okay to wait to come out if the consequences of your coming out would compromise your safety. This is like the one exception. Not only yeah. is Connor strong enough to, like, beat it, but everybody who would even try to compromise his safety. Like, his forced coming out eventually leads to their, like, rugby championship game. And, like, the whole school coming together over their love of rugby. And, like, while I love that every story has a happy ending or whatever, like... It's not very realistic when it comes to circumstances regarding, like, coming out or being outed at all. Like, it's very atypical. How do you feel, because now I get to turn the tables on you, um, versus Love, Victor, Simon? Love, Victor, Simon. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> oh I no! I think oh, the turntables. <laughs> I, I think asked you the same question last week, NATO. And now I'm asking you for the table turns. <laughs> I think I think Love Simon had a bit more of a humor element to it, which I appreciated. Um, like this had this had like a couple of like jokes in there but like I think overall Love Simon was just like a little bit more humorous like with you know with the parents and like all this other stuff although oddly 
both of these stories involved blackmail, which is yeah. interesting. I think we can all agree Dorian Blues is, is the superior movie. So, uh, Well, I think <laughs> it's time that we summed up everything. Um, Amelia, <laughs> does this movie make you want to start narrating your life or... Does it make you want to tell someone to find their original voice and then force them and another student to perform a cover song? Um, well, joke's on you. I already narrate my own life, so... (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I like this movie. I, you know, think it's a good watch. It's worth, like, giving it a go. Alright, and Ro... Does this movie make you want to finally learn how to play rugby? Or does it make you want to finally learn how to play rugby? I mean... If I weren't so averse to, like... (laughs) Pain. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, if my knees were in any better condition, I would absolutely take you up on the offer of finally learning how to play rugby. Um... As for this movie, um, I think it's, you know, I, it's, it's good for a watch once. Like, it won't stick in your brain as, like, some amazing work of art or whatever. But for what it's worth, it's good for what it is, you know? Anyway, that's what yeah. we seen this movie or end up watching it later. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gankapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. Or you there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions and we can't wait to experience more movies. I'm Nito Kitch and my Irish impression is just my pirate voice, so you're welcome. <laughs> oh, you didn't I'm proud of do you for going an, an entire episode without doing a terrible accent. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> It's only because their throat hurts. Aww. (laughs) Lozenges.